Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's not Halloween, in, in case you're wondering and listening to this episode thinking, hang on a minute, I thought it was December, not the end of October. Zoe had a bit of a scary experience in a hotel last weekend, last week, not even oh weekend, God. and I wanted to tell us about it. I am so freaked out. You know when you're still shuddering from fear? Um, so obviously I'm away on the heart tour last week and we stayed at all these different locations, different hotels up and down the country. And... We arrive at one, and I don't want to—I don't want to say the name because you might never, ever, ever go and visit it ever again. Really lovely, you know, in, set in these grounds, this beautiful kind of old school hotel, and they're like—I mean, it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of year, years old. And I'm a bit like ghosty; I'm a bit spooky, so I pick up on senses and spirits and stuff when I go into places. Like having grown up in the house where I grew up in, which was definitely haunted, I, you know, the slightest bang, and I'm like already calling, you know, the most haunted crew to come round. And um, so they checked me into the room and they were like, there we go, Miss Hardman, leave you to it. So I'm recording the podcast actually in the room and I bet you can see it on the video. I just start looking over to the left because I heard this click, 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 click. And I look over at the kettle and the fucking kettle is turning off and on, off and on, orange light on, orange light off in front of me. So that was really freaking me out. And then I kept hearing like, it was almost like there were footsteps coming from the bathroom whilst I was on the podcast. Anyway, I then went down to reception and was like, I'm not sleeping in that room. It's de- like, I'm getting weird noises. The kettle's turning off and on. She was like, oh, what room are you in again? And I was like, um, 3.14. And she was like, okay, yeah, no, best I move you. And I was like, oh my God, what does that mean? Anyway. Oh, that's not what you want to hear, is it? You want to be told, mm, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong. No one's ever said that before. No. You don't want the... <laughs> No, she said room 308 and room 314 are the rooms they've had the most complaints about, right? So at this point, I am completely losing it, okay? Then, unbeknownst to me, they move somebody into my room, one of the other crew, right? So anyway, I go down for dinner. I'm telling them what's going on. I'm now in the bridal suite, which, by the way, is huge, but also really spooky. And anyway... And at dinner, I'm like, who's in 314? And the big driver who was like, I don't believe in ghosts. What are you talking about? He's like, I've moved into 314. I was like, okay, cool. Anyway, sleep well. Next morning, he comes down 
and excuse the pun, it looked like he'd seen a ghost. In the middle of the night, the shower turned on. No. Yes. Yes. But it wasn't like a push button. The whole knob had turned around and there was steam in the bathroom and he was completely freaked out. This this genuinely happened. Oh my god! I've never believed in ghosts no. until this this moment now because there is no explanation for a shower turning on and turning round. Absolutely zero. And he he's like a sixty year old man who said, "I'm never stepping foot back in this hotel again." And we all left the hotel really, 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 really quickly. Um, and bef- I mean, yeah, there's another side to that story where with the, like the girl that died. I mean, I don't even want to go there with what we heard as we were leaving. But anyway, we're like, okay, bye. <laughs> Never get me back. So I'm really, really grateful to be staying back in my own home now. (laughs) (laughs) So now when you're on TripAdvisor, you're going to be looking through like the hotel reviews. Haunted. (laughs) Keyword. Haunted. Is it haunted? Has anyone seen a ghost here? Oh my god! I can't. I literally can't believe that. I, I can't get over. I know. How did a shower go on? I really don't like things like that. Me neither. Me neither. Anyway, how are you? Any spooky goings on with you this week? No, luckily. But I don't want to like offend any ghosts in the case they now come <laughs> after me. I do believe in ghosts now. Um, no, do you know what? Like on an actually quite serious, like serious note, I'm Go really on. worried about Axel. I've spoken about it oh, on no. Instagram. And um, we've been, I guess, a little bit worried about him for the last few months because he went from being really, really confident and just like went to summer camp throughout the whole yeah. school holidays with 14-year-olds, 8-year-olds, like all different age groups to suddenly at half term, didn't want to go, was really upset going. So we didn't send him. And then recently when we go to go to anything he's always I don't want to go I don't want to go I don't want to go and last weekend when we were on our way to Winter Wonderland he was going oh my tummy hurts my tummy hurts as we were approaching the like Winter Wonderland and I was like no I don't think it does you know it's fine got there and he was fine and loved it then on the way to his school fair on Saturday he went mummy mummy my tummy hurts my tummy hurts right and we'd already been picking up on him being really worried about stuff so they have spelling tests at school and he he didn't get one wrong the whole of the first half of the term so obviously his teacher's like that's great Axel you know they then they sort of segregate them off into different groups I'm going to move you to red group or whatever it is he freaked out like freaked out at her no no I don't want to move I don't want to move to red ground I know so she said to me he was really upset he didn't want to move so I've just kept him on the same group is that all right and I was like well yeah it's fine so we have noticed like you know things like little things like that happening which is quite out of character for him because normally he's literally just like yeah whatever yeah that's fine Mm. but on Saturday as we were approaching his school and he said I've got a stomach ache again Mm. I said "Mm, I think your stomach thinks you're worried and it is anxiety yeah yeah but it's really I think I only really realized on Sunday like this we need to do something about it because mm. it can't continue like this and it's it's been so sudden and mm. such a massive change from how he how he was um and so yeah I I don't know I just feel a bit bit confused and we you know James and I've been Worried. sitting down mm. thinking is it what have we you know what have we done like no it's not your it, it's not you George do you hard. know what if we had Chris and Rose on this chat with us they would tell us that this is 
really, really natural and really normal. And actually, I think we, we, we do hear it quite a lot. And you and I have had those conversations. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help Axel. But I think the mm. only thing that you can do is to keep reassuring him that he's safe, you know, that, that you're there for him, that he's got nothing to worry about. I do worry that they're putting too much pressure on the young kids. Like, so do I. You know, there's, there's, I understand that they have to have like a behavioral thing at school, but it's like, you know, you mentioned to Luna that she might go on the cloud and she's like, I don't want to go on the cloud. I don't want yeah. to go on. And I'm like, don't worry. You're not going to go on the cloud. Like, just relax. Have a nice time. You're only five. Like, don't worry about it too much. She's been doing this thing with her weeing. I was worried for a while because I thought she had a UTI, but she she's obsessed with going for wees. And then she says, mommy, it feels funny. Like, I need to go for a wee again. This it's is what worrying. we had with Axel. Do you remember? It's when exactly it? the same. It was, it's happening it was during lockdown when the school mm. closed. That's exactly what happened. It's really interesting. And, and maybe, you know, after the conversation we had about the pressure that they're getting at school at such a young age, maybe, I don't know, maybe it is that, that they have to behave in a certain way, like spelling tests, like tests in general at five, five years, years old. old. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, some children can handle it better or whatever, but yeah. I am, I don't know. I might, I might sort of chat to somebody to make sure I'm like, handling it in the best way because you know like, you've got friends like, I've got friends who, who speak to therapists because of their anxiety and stuff and I think I don't want to let it get to that I want him to learn his coping mechanisms now do you remember the worry dolls that I used yes. with Luna maybe you should just get some from Amazon and just say to Axel right obviously you've had those funny you know that little feeling inside of your stomach is there anything that you're thinking about is there anything that you're worried about and mm. then every time put it under the pillow and then I don't know give it a shot it yeah, works for Luna yeah 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 no I, I will but um it's, it's a worry yeah, George just, it, it is it mm. really is we've been really having like some like he's kind of sort of pulling up apart the way you speak to him and what oh I don't know anyway but yeah, if you anyone's start going pulling through it apart. yeah you do yeah. like you really do so yeah anyone's going through it drop, drop me a message, message. be yeah, good to chat me. about it yeah definitely <laughs> uh, well we need to get into today's chat otherwise you and me are just going to gas here for another 10 minutes um <laughs> really fantastic conversation that we recorded a couple of days ago somebody that Georgia and I've watched on screen for a very long time yeah. um she's pregnant with her second and yeah it was the best chat you've got to wait to the end because the stuff that we discuss at the end was like hilarious <laughs> brilliant George who are we chatting to today we are chatting to Catherine Tilsley So joining us on the podcast today, um, from the scenes in the background with the tree being so large, <laughs> um, I think we're going to love this woman because both George and I absolutely love Christmas. Uh, former Coronation Street actress, uh, pregnant with her second baby. She's having a little girl. She's already mum to Alfie, married to Tom. It is the wonderful Catherine Tilsley. Yay! Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks, darling. Yeah, waddling along. <laughs> We're so happy to have you on and you've got us feeling festive with that tree and all those beautiful decorations in the background. Yeah, I feel like we should say this to you. Happy Christmas. What an absolute treat. Um, we want to dive straight in because we've got so many things to talk to you about. As you're five and a half months pregnant now, but we want to take you right back to when you were pregnant with your first. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got pregnant? Well, not all the details, please. <laughs> And how how your first pregnancy was? Yeah, so um, when I was pregnant with Alfie, so this is like seven years ago now, uh, he was a wonderful surprise. We got pregnant very quickly. We were very, very lucky. Um, and I had a great pregnant pregnancy, actually, looking back, especially when I compare it to this one, because this one is completely different. Um, 
everything was great with Alfie. I, you know, I was very tired in the first trimester, but I didn't really have much sickness. Um, he was 15 days late. Which oh my God. By that point, and I, I, I had, um, we had a private midwife as well as our wonderful NHS midwives. And um, she said, look, you've got plenty of water there. I can let you go 20 days, you know, if you want to. But by which point I was having to crawl up the stairs because <laughs> oh he was so engaged. He was so low down. So I wanted a home birth originally, but um, of course, when you're that overdue, uh, you're then asked to go into hospital and they try to induce you. Um, and we tried it with the pessary initially, which is a more gentle form of um, being induced. And we just got nowhere. It went on and on and on <laughs> for three days. Um, and then eventually I had the synthetic hormones put on a drip, which I really didn't want. But you know what? He, he got here safely and that's yeah. all that matters. But um, yeah, my birthing plan, as it were, and I'm a Virgo, so I love a plan. Yes. I love a plan. <laughs> and I quickly learned that it, nothing was going to go to plan, actually. You know, we'd had a birthing pool set up in the conservatory at home. <laughs> that went out the window. Um, yeah, and everything that I thought I would opt for and want is just very different. I'm very, very holistic. I'm a nature bunny, so... Um, I always look to natural medicines mm. and look to what foods I'm eating, et cetera. And I remember uh, my midwife and I, we said, you know what, we're going to try and do this with essential oils, no pain relief. Oh, my word. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Once I got in there and she was wafting around with lavender, I was like, no, 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 babes, get out of my face. Get <laughs> 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 the lavender going. <laughs> yeah. So it, do you know what, this time... I'm way more chilled because I just feel like it's nice to have an idea of things, but you can't, you never know what's going to happen, do you? It can just all change in a matter of minutes. It's so interesting that you've just said that because it sounds like you and I had quite similar birthing experiences and I'm also, oh. uh, you know, a real nature bunny. Like, a, you know, I, mm -hmm. I love all of all of the kind of Eastern medicines and yeah. I just, I've always, you know, homeopathic is always the way that I would go. I did hypnobirthing. I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to give birth mm -hmm. in the water in the mid midwife led unit. And I had this plan that I really wanted to stick to. And then it just went to absolute shit, basically. And I ended <laughs> up being blue lighted over after three days and oh, all the stuff no. that happened after that. But it took me a long time to process my labor. And I actually felt quite traumatized. Was that mm -hmm. your reality as well? Or did you adapt quite quickly to what had happened? I'd say, no, I think we were a little bit traumatized, actually. And, and things got quite scary at one point. His heart rate dropped. And um, for whatever reason, I had this overwhelming fear of a cesarean. Um, for me personally, I was just scared of it. It's the yeah. unknown, isn't it? And um, at one point they said, we're going to have to prep you for a C-section. His heart rate's dropping. And at that point, I, I am quite spiritual. At that point, I remember in my head praying to my granddad, who we lost some years ago, but he was my hero. And I, I said, granddad, I, I can't do this. I can't do a cesarean. Please don't let me have a cesarean. I'm terrified. And honestly, within two minutes, I said, I need to push. And they were like, no, 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 no. We've just checked you. You don't need to push. I said, no, I do. And I'd gone from two centimeters to eight centimeters in like no time. Oh, wow. And so 
I remember crying and I said to Tom, I was going, it's my granddad. And at this point, Tom was like, she's off her face. She's not got a clue what she's doing. <laughs> but in my mind, now I look back and I'm like, I really feel like my granddad was with me in some way because everything just changed after I'd asked for his help, if you will. But wow. also, do you think that, yeah, you know, maybe, it, you know, it could be you asking your granddad for his help, but your mindset changed. Because mm. I think, you know, so much that we sort of know about labour is about being relaxed and sort of taking control of your body which is easier said than done but I guess mm. maybe at that moment that was you taking control of your body and your mind sort of taking over and weirdly you managed to relax because you felt like your yeah. grandma was going to help you I don't mm. know it's just I find that Absolutely. really interesting that that you know your body can just change so quickly two centimeters mm. to eight centimeters because mm-hmm. it's like you you didn't want that c-section and your body just took over Mm. I think you're totally right I did feel I don't know I I just everything inside me was screaming that I didn't want it not that there's anything wrong with it you know it's birth is birth whichever way it happens but I I just felt terrified and um, I did I got into a different mindset and around that time The Rocky soundtrack had kicked in on our playlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one we're up the steps. <laughs> oh, I love a bit of Rocky. So I, it was real game face mode. And my husband used to be a personal trainer. And he'd gone into full PT mode. And it <laughs> suddenly felt like a gym workout. <laughs> yeah, suddenly the towels were being brought out. The mouth guard. Kath, we're doing this. And then and then, what was it like after you brought Alfie home? How did you, how did you kind of get on? with the early days of motherhood can you remember them I I'd lost quite a bit of blood I didn't need a transfusion but I remember because I was out once I'd given birth I was out of the hospital within four hours and I remember Tom really pushing for us to go home and and me in my head I kept thinking I don't feel ready really don't feel ready um anyway we did we came home and and physically I was fine but I was so weak and I would say Mm. for the first two days I was that exhausted after such a long labor. It was a case of when baby cried, Tom would get one of my boobs out, put the baby on it and, yeah. you know, bring me food when I needed it. But I didn't leave bed for the first two days. Um, and I remember first bringing him home and we put him between us on the bed and we were silent and we just ate mini eggs for about an hour. <laughs> just <laughs> in complete, complete shock. Um And I don't think anything can prepare your birthing partner, whoever that may be, for for such an experience. Because for Tom, it was so traumatic and they had to cut me at one point as well. Um, Yeah. And I remember I'd kept saying that I didn't, I wasn't going to have an epidural. I was like, I'm going to do this naturally. I'm going to do this naturally. And then I remember... It had got too late at this point, but I remember crying to Tom and I'm going, I'm so sorry, but I need an epidural. He was like, why are you apologizing? Just yeah. have what you need. I'd, I think I'd put so much pressure on myself to have this idyllic, natural birth. And you just can't do that because baby's in charge and your body will do whatever it needs to do to get baby here so isn't it amazing that we put that much pressure on ourselves this is a conversation that we have because we hear people's birth stories all the time and we are we are led to believe that a it's going to go 
to plan, the birthing plan, as a plan normally does in our heads. Mm -hmm. And then when that doesn't happen, there's almost this feeling of guilt that we have let ourselves down. We're always setting ourselves up for failure from the first moment we decide, right, or the baby decides it's coming now. It's like, no, no, that's not how it should be. The whole language behind it has to change, I think. And we've got to stop putting putting so much... um, you know, just bl- blame on our shoulders about stuff. I mean, it's amazing. We're birthing children. I know, exactly. And also, like like you said, it doesn't matter how the child gets into the world. We almost just need to think about everyone being safe and however that happens, mm-hmm. it's, it, it has to happen like that. You were but good this, like that, George. You, yeah, you got that I think, right, I think. I think first time around, I was maybe just a bit naive to everything. Um, and I kind of maybe buried my head in the clouds a bit. and And that worked for me. But but it mm-hmm. wouldn't work. Do you know what I mean? And it wouldn't work for everyone, I guess. Um, but again, I, I didn't. I wasn't planning on having a child, so I hadn't fully, you know, like pictured everything. It almost happened all very quickly, and the birth was the scary part, and I was hiding from the birth. But actually, mm-hmm. it worked out. It worked out okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, after after your first, you're now pregnant with your second, a little girl. What? And your son's seven now. Mm-hmm. So he'll be seven in March. Seven yeah. in March. How, you know, how did you decide to have a second one? Was it something you talked about? Or again, was it something that happened quite quickly? Yeah. Um, you know what? We'd spoken about it for a long time. Alfie was a great baby, but he didn't sleep for the first three years. Oh, <laughs> so that put, it put us off slightly. He was terrible with <laughs> his sleep. Slightly. And we tried everything, everything, the controlled crying. We had a, a specialist night nurse come and stay for a couple of nights. And it it was just him. He just wasn't a great sleeper. Um, so for a long time, Tom and I were like, we, I can't, I can't do that again. Um, <laughs> and then over the years, I kept going, you know what, I'll just do this job. I'll just do this drama. I'll just do this. And then I would think I was, I was filming Viewpoint for ITV. I was really broody. This is uh, during the, during the first lockdown, actually, second lockdown. And um, I remember saying to Tom before we started filming, I was like, "I can't get pregnant. I've got sex scenes. I can't get pregnant." And then I got to I got ep four in script format, and my character was pregnant. And I was, <laughs> oh no, because we had over the past few years, I've had a nightmare with my hormones. Um, really bad after Strictly because of the excessive exercise my estrogen dipped really Mm. badly and I started to experience migraines with aura so I'd I'd lose my vision and and I knew straight away because it also happened when I was breastfeeding Alfie and it actually Mm. forced me to start breastfeeding I I, I loved breastfeeding but when you've got a newborn and you can't see properly it was just so I knew I thought my estrogen's dipped and um, then they put me on well it's HRT I suppose but the the natural gel that's made from yams yes um, which is brilliant for some women but for me it was a nightmare I ballooned my body thought I was pregnant almost. I was displaying all the symptoms of pregnancy, including morning sickness. And then wow. my my estrogen was dangerously high. And um, we had to, so it was just all over the place. So um, did you think that you were in, because I read somewhere that you thought you might be perimenopausal at one point. Yeah. So um, I'd had a coil fitted because I, I'd had, I did suffer really badly with my periods. Um and although my body was demonstrating 
or imitating, if you will, signs of pregnancy. I was Googling like how many women get pregnant on the coil because I was convinced, I was that convinced. I was like, the, the coil's not there. It's not there, I'm pregnant. And this is uh, the marina coil. This is the marina. Yeah. And it did, it really settled my, my periods. It helped a lot. There was a couple of other jobs coming up. And I said to Tom, I was like, I'm going to take the coil out. I'm just going to see what my body does naturally. I don't think I'm going to fall pregnant because we've had such a nightmare with hormones. And I fell pregnant straight away, like literally the first month. Wow. Do you know what's funny? Like you were saying about your body relaxing. I went to my gynae to get the coil removed. He was having a a little nosy and he was like, I'm really sorry, Kath. You're going to have to come in for surgery. It's it's not there. You're in the 10% where it's kind of gone into your uterus and um yeah and I remember thinking oh, no this I don't want especially with COVID because then diary wise and isolation and all this and I'm thinking I'm never going to have the coil out at this rate it's going to be in another eight months time and I went to my friend who does um she does massage and sound healing and relaxation and I had a session with her and she does a lot of things around fertility. It's all holistic and, and she does sort of um, womb cleansing. And it, it sounds really hippie, but it makes a lot of sense. It's just about relaxing the body. And um, I phoned my gynecologist on Monday and I said, I want you to look again. I said, I think it's there. I want you to look again. And I went to see him uh, that afternoon and he was like, I don't know what you've done, but I can whip it out. And it's it, it, it settled in the right place. And I phoned my friend. I was like, you're some kind of like womb guru. <laughs> but yeah, so it was Did you perform that massage on like your tummy? Yeah. It was, do you know what? It was a whole host of things. It was deep meditation, like transcendental meditation. She massaged my, my tummy, you know, tried to relax me because, I mean, I was really busy with work. I had yeah. so much on my mind. I think my body was just so tense. Yeah. That for whatever reason, this coil had just come about with the stress of it all um so we were so lucky but again I think you know I do I do always look to nature and and on alternative therapies and although my gynae isn't that way inclined he was like whatever you did well done because here we are sort of thing that's incredible isn't it I mean we do again we 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 touched on it actually in a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about um acupuncture and about you know stimulating the ovaries and you know certain women have had it I had it when I was trying to conceive with Luna and it worked and you know we get lots of messages about it just saying you know do you really do you really believe into it in in it and it's, it's it's one of those ones it's like you know I know that the the uh the medical profession say you know there's no actual kind of real results and they might not have done mm. many kind of sort of tests on it to see it and many research papers and stuff but if it works for you and it relaxes yeah. you and it does the mm-hmm. job mentally for you then go for it you know it works yeah. for you Kath. we'll be right back after this short break there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? So they whipped the, they whipped the coil out. Whipped it out and um, literally, so I would have conceived like two weeks later. Amazing. Which is just crazy. And I remember thinking that I felt different. Literally, I, I'm really in tune with my body and that <laughs> makes me sound like such a hippie, but I felt different. But I said, I kept saying to Tom, I was like, my hormones, this is going to be bad. I said, my hormones are going cuckoo again. I didn't for one minute think I was pregnant at all, be- just because we'd we'd really been through it. And I, and I also wasn't sure, I hadn't really read up as to whether you could fall pregnant that soon after yeah. having the myrena removed. So so we were really, really, really lucky. Yeah. And and were you experiencing any other um sort of perimenopausal symptoms? Because it's I've been through it. I'm going through it at the moment. Um and I'm actually on HRT now. So were you right. were you getting any of the fogginess or the insomnia or the, you know, the the sort of well, inability yeah. to do very much to be, <laughs> to be honest with yeah, you? Yeah. I was. I, I was getting insomnia in bursts, brain fog. Mm. Um what else was I? I just, oh, night sweats. Night that sweats. Was the, that mm. was the big one for me. I was convinced. I was like, this is, this is it. This, I'm perimenopausal, 100%. Does it run in your convinced. family? Does, does early menopause run in the family? Not necessarily, no. I wouldn't, my mum was slightly early, but um, I wouldn't say it was a thing, but I mm. just, I, I just had such, and, and hormones fascinate me. They do. One of my friends is an endocrinologist and the stuff that she explains to me, yeah. is, they're in control of everything, mm. which is why, you know, I think it's so brilliant that the world is waking up to menopause finally, yes. you know, and, and, and to educate everybody about it because it, it is huge. Yeah. And tell us about this pregnancy, because at the beginning of the chat, you touched on the fact that you had quite an easy pregnancy first time Mm. around, but this time has been a bit different. How's it been? I remember going to see my doctor just before I turned six weeks pregnant. And she was like, do you need anything? And I was like, I feel great. feel fine. And literally two days later, I started to feel really sick. Um, And that just got worse and worse. And I, I, literally just started a new job for ITV on a drama and suddenly I was spending the whole time trying not to throw up on the other actors it was so embarrassing and I got really poorly and at one point ITV were great they really looked after me and they sent me to hospital and he just he was very much trying to because I didn't want obviously I was eating because I knew I needed to, but it was like everything turned my stomach. At that point, I was losing weight, which, you know, isn't ideal. Um, And he put me on electrolytes and he gave me medication for the sickness um, on Donacetron, I think they were called. And they were brilliant, actually. And again, you go through that. Well, I did. I went through the whole thing of beating myself up, going, no, I am not taking medication. I don't, because when I was pregnant with Alfie, I remember having a headache and I was like, I'm not taking paracetamol, <laughs> you know, and I would, I just kept beating myself up. 
And eventually things got so bad. I was like, I need to have a word with myself. And I started taking the medication. My doctor was like, it is safe. Thousands of women take the exact same medication. And you, your quality of life at the moment isn't great. You can barely function. Mm. Um, and at, at week six, also the insomnia started. So I'm averaging two to three hours sleep a night. Oh, I've had the, I know it's horrendous. I don't actually know how I'm stood up. I have the odd night where I'll I'll grab four hours, and that that is amazing to me. And I'm re- I'm relaxing. I'm meditating. You know, I'm trying to not look at my phone or read a book, and you know, just try and and calm my body down. But again. I was taking magnesium, 600 milligrams is the maximum you can take when you're pregnant. And normally that would knock me out. It did nothing. I saw my obstetrician a couple of weeks ago and he said the same thing. He said, this is silly now. He said, I'm going to try you on a really small dose of diazepam. He yeah. said, it's there if you need it. It's safe. It's, you know, it's not going to harm you or baby. Mm. And um, I, again, I was like, no, no, no. And then I got to the point where I was desperate and I took one. And I was wide awake all night. And I told my midwife, and she was like, what? what? On diazepam? I was like, yeah. It had zero effect. Zero effect. So you think that was you being sort of worried and overzealous about the, the tablet? Or do you think, because I know that sometimes, you you know, if you, you have the ability to kind of, even if you're dog tired, if you're listening out for your kids, you're like, they're going to yeah. be okay? Is everything okay? Or was it just, you think the insomnia is so bad that it's, it's not doing anything? I think, so the insomnia is... Um, it's progesterone, basically. Right. I'm very sensitive to hormones. We've learned that over the past few years. And the obstetrician feels that as the progesterone levels grow, that is what's keeping me awake, which is the same thing that would keep me awake in my monthly cycle sometimes for a yes. few days. Right. Well, so when you used to have your period, you used to suffer from insomnia then as well? Yeah, only for three or four oh, days really at, at certain points in the month. Um but yeah, it's, do you know what? When I started on the estrogen gel a while back to get my estrogen levels back up, they gave me progesterone then just in a small dose. And again, I didn't I didn't sleep. Really I sensitive bit, to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, and there's nothing you can do because, you know, baby needs the progesterone and, and it's important that the hormones keep doing what they're doing. Um, but again, alternative therapies in terms of relaxation and stuff during the day, my friend's been, she's been doing um, shamanic drumming, actually. Oh, wow. It's amazing. When she said she was bringing her drums around, I was like, babes, that does not sound relaxing. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring like a packet of biscuits and we'd get the Netflix on. What? It was honestly, it's it's the repetition of the drums and it, it works with your brain waves. And the way, the best way to describe it is it puts you into some weird trance. Mm. And I did. I went under. I was I was gone. Um, so there's going to be more drumming around my house. <laughs> <Just Yeah. to laughs> my husband thinks I'm mental. He's She's like, going to oh get the God. gongs out as well. <laughs> gongs and drums. You'll be chanting, do some yoga. It sounds oh, lovely. Whatever it takes though, right? I mean, you're averaging two hours sleep a night. I mean, I could let alone when you're growing a human, I could not function on that. I know. And of course, you're normally, when I'm not pregnant, I would have maybe two or three coffees a day, but also you're limited with caffeine. Yeah. Mm. You know, I've been known in the past when insomnia's kicked in 
I know it's not ideal. Don't try this at home, kids. But just to swig a bit of night nurse or have a lens sipped. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do not nurse. Or, um, yeah. What is it? The oh gosh, antihistamine. Doesn't that yes. usually help? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's, can't it's do a it. No. Go. No. <laughs> is there any scientific evidence that it's got anything to do with having a girl versus having a boy? Because I know that I was definitely sicker with Luna than I was with Kit, and there were definitely yeah, stronger. I, mm. I don't know, just maybe stronger 100%. side effects in my pregnancy. Yeah. Ev- everybody that I've spoken to that's had experience of a boy and a girl, yeah. without exception, actually, everybody has said the same. And it's interesting because I've got a few friends who are doctors and nurses, and some of them have said, oh, my God, yes, it's because you're having a girl. But my obstetrician was like, mm, I don't really know if there's any truth in that. And he's been delivering babies for, like, 20 years. So... But I th- I think so because this, it's beyond different. Every single my body is mm. the way I'm carrying her completely different to Alfie. I've just had to spend nearly two hundred quid on bras because my boobs appear to have a life of their own. <laughs> it's like it won't stop. Like uh, Alfie has started to call them my udders because. Oh, just- <laughs> cheers, Alfie! Thanks, thanks, babes. Thanks, babes. But do you <laughs> think it's just hormones? Like, if you're sensitive to hormones, and then you're having a girl, that it mm. would make sense, wouldn't it? Like, we're not doctors, so. we're not medical, but it, it kind. Of, I mean, I was so sick when I was pregnant with Gigi. I felt horrible. Mm. Like, it, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I totally. I, I was just overriding my obstetrician. I was like, no, babes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls are a different ball game. Yeah. No, no, no. And completely, I, I completely agree. I think it, your body just handles things really differently with a girl. You wrote the most beautiful post um, the other day about, you know, having a girl and saying that you were loving the body changes and that the curves, because that was a, a pillow for you. And it was, it was just, it made me really emotional reading it, actually. It was really beautifully oh, written. How do you feel about your, your, your body changing and, and that sort of, you know, the, the, the postnatal body? We talk about this a lot mm-hmm. and, it, you know, it can be quite shocking to some people. Some people really embrace it and get on board with it. And where, where do you sit? I have good days and bad days. So, Sometimes, like the other day, I'd taken my bra off and I'd just sat down for a breather and I saw my boobs just resting on my bump and I was like, oh my <laughs> God, what is this? Um, so I have moments like that where I'm, I'm almost in complete shock and my body looks unrecognizable. Mm. But then I have other moments where I'm just like, wow, I feel really powerful right now and and this is amazing because it is amazing. And whenever I see other pregnant women, that is my first thought. I'm like, you're just amazing. You know, I've got so much respect for you. And and actually, when I had Alfie, I love my training. I'm really into my weight training and, you know, mentally more than anything. Um, but I was quite proud of myself because after I'd had him, I gave myself that time. I didn't do any fad diets, you know, mm. I just ate well, gradually started to move more and and my body was what it was. And it probably took me a, a good year to feel like myself again. But I think when we look back, you know, in years to come, a year is nothing. Yeah. What are we in a rush for? What yeah, where's the rush? That in fact their whole childhood will go in the blink of an eye. It is such a tiny section of our lives. And and yeah, I do. I feel really proud that my body can do this. And and some women aren't lucky enough to experience that. So I, 
I feel really grateful for that as well. Mm. And how do you feel going into your second birth? A lot more chilled. Um, And I have the most amazing midwife. You know, when you just click, she just gets me. I feel like we're on the same page. I'm pretty sure my husband's got PTSD from the first time round. But it'll be fine. Um, Yeah, really chilled. Honestly, I'm hypnobirthing again because I loved that. Yeah. I actually loved just hypnobirthing as a meditation. I loved it too. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. So other than that, I've got no plans. I'm just going to roll with it. I am a water baby. I'd love to try and give birth in water, but... The last time they, when they tried me in the pool, it calmed me down so much that the, the contractions stopped. So that could happen again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm much more chilled about it. And would you be up for a home birth? Oh, do you know what? I wish I was brave enough because I think it's amazing. And that's what I wanted originally with Alfie. My friend has had her two babies at home and it's brilliant. But Things got a bit scary last time because Alfie's heart rate dropped. I lost a lot of blood. And at one point, they couldn't stop the bleeding. And that got a bit scary. Mm. So I think for me now, as much as I'd love to be at home, I I will probably go into hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to be relaxed, then that's how you're going to be relaxed, isn't it? You don't want to be worrying about what could possibly happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You also did an uh, an interview recently about um, the amount of meat that you were eating. This really interests (laughs) me. You were saying you were such a meat eater. What's happening now with your diet in terms of, you know, what what you consume? It's really important to you, isn't it, to like have the right diet for your body. So are you still chomping down the meat now or have you? No. Well, years ago, um, when I first started to get into my weight training, do you remember when everyone was like, protein, protein, protein? Yes. And it, it was like snack on a chicken. And um, <laughs> the Atkins diet. The Atkins. The, it was yeah. very much like the Atkins diet. And, and um, yeah, I just fell into it really. And I got the bug. I loved the feeling of, of getting stronger and building muscle mass. And then one of my dear friends is Dale Pinnock, the medicinal chef, who is wonderful. Mm. And he turned around and said to me, he was like, Kath, do you know what? You're lifting a bit heavier. You look great, but you're asking for bowel cancer, darling. Like, this is way too much meat. Yeah, because it was just constant. It was meat with every meal, and I would snack on meat or prawns um, or fish. And he was like, there's just no need. There's plenty of protein and lots of plant-based foods. And and he was right, so I gave my head a wobble. Um, and then I, I had a health scare, actually, um, not long after he'd spoken to me. And it did make me wonder, because he was saying that this much meat is is inflammatory. It did make me wonder, and I, I just kind of reviewed everything all over. I always ate a lot of veg. I'm obsessed with veg anyway, but I was just eating too much meat alongside it, whereas now I'm I'm predominantly plant-based, um, plant-based stroke. I'd say flexitarian because I love my fish as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's much more balanced than it was. A flexitarian? Have you ever heard that, George? Flexitarian. I love well, it. I think I'm, I'm, a I think I'm a flexitarian. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it is it because then, it, you know, like I will admit before the sex scenes that I had in Viewpoint, I did spend a week on chicken and spinach. So that, that's where the flexi comes in. Yeah, just, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to doing it for long periods of time. I think, you know, if I've got an event and I feel like being careful for a week and yeah. not wanting to bloat too much, then great. But other than that, I'm just really 
balanced. How intense is it doing those sex scenes as a, as somebody who's married and in love with somebody else? Like, what? What do they clear the set? Like, are you are you thinking, oh, be, put me best undies on? Or <laughs> do you know what? Um, what what they do now is they have somebody that is an intimacy coordinator. Wow! Whoa! How'd you get that job? <laughs> and a great job. Um, basically, since the Me Too movement, everything needed looking at again. And I think we had the most wonderful intimacy coordinator on Viewpoint, um, and it was just about boundaries because some people have certain areas of their bodies that they don't want to be touched. It might be a trigger point um, right, for man. that person. And I'm I'm quite lucky. Uh, Dominic Alburn, who played my husband, and mm. I were both pretty laid back. I was like, you know, crack on babes, I'm fine. (laughs) Which, you know, made our lives easier. We had a good laugh. We were really comfortable with each other. But obviously it's always, it's always daunting, you know, to go into that room and, um, yeah. And perform. Cause I I remember them trying us in different positions and in the end, I was on top of him, and, and they went, "Okay, could you just demonstrate your rhythm, please?" And I was like, "Thank you, pardon." Sorry, what? What was that? And I, and I remember just thinking, you know, and we had masks on, and we were kissing with masks on because of COVID. Oh my so god! The whole th- it was all it's kind of weird. <laughs> if somebody said to me, "Demonstrate your rhythm," I'd forget all of my rhythm, and I'd go, "I, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd freeze." <laughs> it was. It was just. I remember saying to my spray tan lady the night before we recorded, I was like, <laughs> "Could you, could you spray some glutes on and like a six pack? That would be just <laughs> just great." But we had, and you also have a code word so that if any of you feel uncomfortable mid-scene, you can shout the code word. But Dominic and I had both been training hard. We'd been eating really carefully in the build-up. So our code word, he'd decided, was carbs. And I said, look, babe, if anything's going to get me aroused, it's carbs. Don't be shouting carbs. Oh my god, that's amazing! And I just so I've always wanted to ask an actress this: when you do the kissing, do you use tongues or do you just do like open, weird mouthing with your tongue in your with own your mouth? mouth? Yeah. Honestly, this is going to sound really weird, but for me personally, I don't think about it. No. I kiss that person as though I was kissing my oh, husband. Right? Okay. Un- some actors will say to you straight up, like, I really don't like full on snogging or. Oh, so each, everyone's different. It's like you go in, like, no, I'm a no tongues person. Or no, I'm a, t- I'm a full tongue person. <laughs> tongues over here. Do you know what? I think you just find, you just find your way and you just, obviously, the first time you kiss a person, and I, you know, mm. I've just been kissing my husband for seven years or whatever it is yeah um so and everybody's different with what they're comfortable with but in that moment I don't really think about it I just go with the scene and you're so in that moment and in that character that you're not thinking about what's going on obviously you're very respectful and you would never you know cross cross a line but it's you know it just is what it is in that moment and in you want moment. it to look real because I, I don't think there's anything worse than when you see two people kissing and it looks like they've got mouths as dry as Gandhi's flip-flop and they don't fancy each other it's and the worst it's, to watch as a yeah. viewer you're like you're watching two people like ah, 
uh, it's yeah. like a couple of seals saying hello. It's like, get your tongue in there. Yeah. It's all kinds of awkward. So for me, the most important thing is that the audience believe it. So, Gosh, that is so interesting. We absolutely loved you in Viewpoint. We think you're amazing. We, we oh, ask every single person that comes on the podcast um, the best piece of advice that they've ever been given as a mum or the piece of advice that you would give a new mum. Stock up on dry shampoo. <laughs> Stuck up on dry shampoo. <laughs> Do you know what? I would actually say, this is going to sound really selfish, but I, I've actually just said this to one of my actress friends who hasn't long since had a baby. The guilt thing can overwhelm us. And I think it's so important not to feel guilty about having you time. Make that time every single week, or even if it's 10 minutes a day, to, I don't know, meditate or do whatever it is you want to do. But it is so important. And when you don't make that time for you yourself and for you as a couple as well, you know, like me and Tom right from the beginning made sure we had a date night every so often because it's so easy to lose yourself in the Mm. wonderful thing that is motherhood. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But you have to remember that you're a person as well. And, you know, if you want to go and get your hair done or, have a massage or whatever do it because it will make you feel better and in turn the the time that you spend with your child then you're in a better place brilliant I love that yeah. and you mentioned dry shampoo um so I'm guessing that might be one of your favorite products but can you just give us some of you know the products that you swear by for baby for you know Alfie for yourself for baby I remember we used coconut oil um on Alfie all over and for nappy rash you know that was the one that it, Again, it's natural, it's got antibacterial properties, it's hydrating, it's great. I literally use coconut oil for everything. Mm. So I just, just used to slap it all over Alfie. Um, so that that was great. In terms of products for me, I, I am a big fan of magnesium. I love the magnesium salts that you can buy mm. for yeah. your bath mm. because we absorb them faster transdermally. So generally, unless you've got high progesterone climbing the walls, it will get into your system, you know, over 20 minutes or so in the bath, it will help to relax you, it, you know, it repairs your muscles quicker. Yeah. So for me, magnesium products, you can get sort of body butters now and lotions. I think they're great, especially yeah. after the gym. Yeah, brilliant. Love that. that. (laughs) Um, Kath, thank you so much for coming on. We have loved talking to you. So thank you for taking the time out and good luck with the uh, with the second labour. I can't wait to get you back on when you've when you've pushed out. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Lovely chatting to you. Bye bye. I knew it. I knew it. You have to have a conversation before you stick your tongue in someone's mouth when you're actors. I knew it. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm so glad you asked that question because I've always wondered that. And I love that it's actually different for each actor because you could be like, oh, well, she loves sticking her tongue down your throat. Whereas, I don't know, someone else, no, he's an absolute no, like, yeah. no tongues. He's don't try old, it with him. the old mouth chomper. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? And I've always wanted to know how those scenes work. Like, do you, yeah. do you, you know, do you walk in with like, I imagine it's really clinical, but then you're trying to bring sexy as well at the same time. It must be so weird. Yeah, imagine, yeah, when she said about the rhythm with all oh, those people God. watching you. Oh, my God, I just, oh, no. Oh. Anyway, that's why she does that job and yes, we don't. Exactly. Um, no, I loved her. I loved her. And I love her whole holistic approach to things as well because that really resonates with me. Um, yeah. And, I, yeah, I think, as, again, like the discussion about 
you know, how she's feeling now, now she's pregnant with a girl versus how she was feeling when yeah. she was pregnant with Alfie. Really interesting. Yeah, I find it really interesting because I've never been into like alternative therapies or like I hadn't been brought up like with homeopathic medicine. Yeah. I knew what it was because some of my mum's friends are quite into it. Yeah. But the older I get, I guess I'm quite logical, but some of it is quite logical. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like when she's saying that she, you know, goes and has like womb cleansing and things like that. Yeah. Well, okay, you can call it womb cleansing, but it's really it's relaxing you. Yeah. So for anyone who is logical, like and has like a logical brain, that that is logical because if it relaxes you, and we know that you know relax being relaxed is the best thing you can yeah. possibly be for yeah. yourself for your body for your mind then why not do it and I yeah I find it really interesting when people come on and talk about these things um, I do I do because it opens up your eyes a little bit doesn't it it starts yeah it does the box. and also it exactly. reset me a little bit that chat because all the things that she was saying you know taking time out for you go get your hair done have a massage have a bit of healing if that's what you're into when do we ever yeah. prioritize ourselves in those capacities especially in December it's crazy I know I've actually been really trying like even this morning when I had I think I had 45 minutes spare and I thought oh I won't put Gigi in the question go to the gym I really can't be asked and then I thought no I did I put her in and I, and I thought no because I need this time for myself because what am I going to do if I go home I'm going to empty the dishwasher in those 45 minutes and I'm going to feel really pissed off and I have decided like now I am not going to put myself at the bottom of the list like I'm really not I'm not doing it go on George yeah go George I'll <laughs> oh, watch this space gang the next couple of months will be interesting <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast um, and we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and if you can give us a little follow that would be amazing uh, and also review if you've got time I know we're all very busy but yeah. we do love reading your reviews and also it does spread the Made by Mamas podcast word out and about a little bit so that would be great yeah and obviously if you want to chat to us about anything or you've got any suggestions for things that we could talk about on the podcast then please do drop us a DM we're on at Made by Mamas and we'll be back on Friday Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production, and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.